part two chapter five of a raw youth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. a raw youth by fyodor dostoyevsky translated by constance garnet part two chapter five one i was late for dinner but they had not yet sat down to table they had waited for me perhaps because i did not often dine with them some special additions to the menu had been made on my account with the savouries there were sardines and so on but to my surprise and regret i found them all rather worried and out of humour liza scarcely smiled when she saw me and mother was obviously uneasy versilov gave me a smile but it was a forced one had they been quarrelling i wondered everything went well at first however versilov only frowned over the soup with dumplings in it and made wry faces when he was handed the beef olives i have only to mention that a particular dish does not suit me for it to reappear next day he pronounced in vexation but how's one to invent things andrei petrovitch there's no inventing a new dish of any sort my mother answered timidly your mother is the exact opposite of some of our newspapers to whom whatever is new is good versilov tried to make a joke in a more playful and amiable voice but it somehow fell flat and only added to the discomfiture of my mother who of course could make nothing of the comparison of herself with the newspapers and looked about her in perplexity at that moment tatiana pavlovna came in and announcing that she had already dined sat down near mother on the sofa i had not yet succeeded in gaining the good graces of that lady quite the contrary in fact she used to fall foul of me more than ever for everything and about everything her displeasure had of late become more accentuated than ever she could not endure the sight of my foppish clothes and liza told me that she almost had a fit when she heard that i kept a coachman and a smart turnout i ended by avoiding meeting her as far as possible two months before when the disputed inheritance was given up to prince sergey i had run to tatiana pavlovna meaning to talk over versilov's conduct with her but i met with no trace of sympathy on the contrary she was dreadfully angry she was particularly vexed that the whole had been given back instead of half the fortune she observed sharply i'll bet you are persuaded that he has given up the money and challenged the prince to a duel solely to regain the good opinion of arkady makarovitch and indeed she was almost right i was in reality feeling something of the sort at the time as soon as she came in i saw at once that she would infallibly attack me i was even inclined to believe that she had come in expressly with that object and so i immediately became exceptionally free and easy in my manner this was no effort to me for what had just happened had left me still radiant and joyful i may mention once and for all that a free and easy manner never has been right for me that is to say it never suits me but 
always covers me with disgrace so it happened now i instantly said the wrong thing with no evil intent but simply from thoughtlessness noticing that liza was horribly depressed i suddenly blurted out without thinking of what i was saying i haven't dined here for such ages and now i have come see how bored you are liza my head aches answered liza good gracious said tatiana pavlovna instantly catching at it what if you are ill arkady makarovitch has deigned to come to dinner you must dance and be merry you really are the worry of my life tatiana pavlovna i will never come again when you are here and i brought my hand down on the table with genuine vexation mother started and versilov looked at me strangely i laughed at once and begged their pardon tatiana pavlovna i take back the word worry i said turning to her with the same free and easy tone no no she snapped out it's much more flattering to be a worry to you than to be the opposite you may be sure of that my dear boy one must learn to put up with the small worries of life versilov murmured with a smile life is not worth living without them do you know you are sometimes a fearful reactionary i cried laughing nervously my dear boy it doesn't matter yes it does why not tell the blunt truth to an ass if he is an ass surely you are not speaking of yourself to begin with i can't judge any one and i don't want to why don't you want to why can't you laziness and distaste a clever woman told me once that i had no right to judge others because i don't know how to suffer that before judging others one must gain the right to judge from suffering rather exalted but as applied to me perhaps it's true so that i very readily accepted the criticism wasn't it tatiana pavlovna who told you that i cried why how do you know said versilov glancing at me with some surprise i knew it from tatiana pavlovna's face she gave a sudden start i guessed by chance the phrase as it appeared later actually had been uttered by tatiana pavlovna the evening before in a heated discussion and indeed i repeat i had brimming over with joy and expansiveness swooped down upon them at an unfortunate moment all of them had their separate troubles and they were heavy ones i don't understand it i went on because it's all so abstract it's dreadful how fond you are of abstract discussion andrei petrovitch it's a sign of egoism only egoists are fond of generalization that's not a bad saying but don't persecute me but let me ask i insisted expansively what's the meaning of gaining the right to judge any one who is honest may be a judge that's my idea you won't find many judges in that case i know one anyway who's that he is sitting and talking to me now versilov laughed strangely he stooped down to my ear and taking me by the shoulder whispered he is always lying to you i don't know to this day what was in his mind but evidently he was in some agitation at the time in consequence of something he had learned as i found out later but those words he is always lying to you were so unexpected and uttered so earnestly and with such a strange and far from playful expression that it gave me a nervous shudder i was almost alarmed and looked at him wildly 
but versilov made haste to laugh well thank god murmured my mother who was uneasy at seeing him whisper to me i was almost thinking don't be angry with us our kasha you'll have clever friends apart from us but who is going to love you if we don't love one another the love of one's relations is immoral mother just because it's undeserved love ought to be earned you'll earn it later on but here you are loved without every one suddenly laughed well mother you may not have meant to shoot but you hit your bird i cried laughing too and you actually imagined that there's something to love you for cried tatiana pavlovna falling upon me again you are not simply loved for nothing you are loved in spite of loathing oh not a bit of it i cried gaily do you know perhaps someone told me to-day i was loved said it laughing at you tatiana pavlovna said suddenly with a sort of unnatural malignity as though she had just been waiting for me to say that yes a person of delicacy especially a woman would be moved to disgust by the uncleanness of your soul your hair is done with a smart parting you have fine linen and a suit made by a french tailor but it's all uncleanness really who's paid your tailor's bill who keeps you and gives you money to play roulette with think who it is you've been so shameless as to sponge on my mother flushed painfully and i had never seen a look of such shame on her face before everything seemed to be giving way within me if i am spending money it's my own and i am not bound to give an account of it to any one i blurted out turning crimson whose own what money's your own if it's not mine it's andrei petrovitch's he won't refuse it me i borrowed from what prince sergey owes andrei petrovitch my dear boy versilov said firmly all of a sudden not a farthing of that money is mine the phrase was horribly significant i was dumbfoundered oh of course considering my paradoxical and careless attitude at that time i might quite well have turned it off with some outburst of generous feeling or high-sounding phrase or something but i suddenly caught on liza's face a resentful accusing expression an expression i had not deserved almost a sneer and a devil seemed to prompt me you seem i said turning to her suddenly to visit daria onisimovna very often at prince sergey's flat miss so will you be pleased to give her this three hundred roubles which you've given me such a nagging about already to-day i took out the money and held it out to her but will it be believed that those mean words were uttered entirely without motive that is without the faintest allusion to anything and indeed there could have been no such illusion for at that moment i knew absolutely nothing perhaps i had just a desire to vex her by something comparatively most innocent by way of a jibe since you are such an interfering young lady wouldn't you like to return the money yourself to the prince a charming young man and a petersburg officer as you are so anxious to meddle in young men's business but what was my amazement when my mother got up and with a menacing gesture cried how dare you how dare you i could never have conceived of anything like it from her 
and i too jumped up from my seat not exactly in alarm but with a sort of anguish a poignant wound in my heart suddenly realizing that something dreadful had happened but unable to control herself mother hid her face in her hands and ran out of the room liza followed her out without so much as a glance at me tatiana pavlovna gazed at me for half a minute in silence can you really have meant to jeer she exclaimed enigmatically looking at me in profound astonishment but without waiting for me to answer she too ran out to join them with an unsympathetic almost angry expression versilov got up from the table and took his hat from the corner i imagine that you are not so much a fool as an innocent he mumbled to me ironically if they come back tell them to have their pudding without waiting for me i'm going out for a little i remained alone at first i felt bewildered then i felt resentful but afterwards i saw clearly that i was to blame however i did not know exactly how i was to blame i simply had a feeling of it i sat in the window and waited after waiting ten minutes i too took my hat and went upstairs to the attic which had been mine i knew that they that is my mother and liza were there and that tatiana pavlovna had gone away and so i found them on my sofa whispering together about something they left off whispering at once when i appeared to my amazement they were not angry with me mother anyway smiled at me i am sorry mother i began never mind mother cut me short only love each other and never quarrel and god will send you happiness he is never nasty to me mother i assure you liza said with conviction and feeling if it hadn't been for that tatiana pavlovna nothing would have happened i cried she's horrid you see mother you hear said liza with a motion towards me what i want to tell you both is this i declared if there's anything nasty in the world it's i that am nasty and all the rest is delightful arkasha don't be angry darling but if you really would give up gambling you mean gambling i will give it up mother i am going there for the last time to-day especially since andrei petrovitch himself has declared that not a farthing of that money is his you can't imagine how i blush i must go into it with him though mother darling last time i was here i said something clumsy it was nonsense darling i truly want to believe it was only swagger i love christ on my last visit there had been a conversation about religion mother had been much grieved and upset when she heard my words now she smiled at me as though i were a little child christ forgives everything arkasha he forgives your wrongdoing and worse than yours christ is our father christ never fails us and will give light in the blackest night i said good-bye to them and went away thinking over the chances of seeing versilov that day i had a great deal to talk over with him and it had been impossible that afternoon i had a strong suspicion that he would be waiting for me at my lodging i walked there on foot it had turned colder and begun to freeze and walking was very pleasant two 
i live near the vosnesensky bridge in a huge block of flats overlooking the courtyard almost as i went into the gate i ran into versilov coming out as usual when i go for a walk i only get as far as your lodging and i've been to piotr ipolitovich's but i got tired of waiting for you your people there are forever quarrelling and to-day his wife is even a little tearful i looked in and came away for some reason i felt annoyed i suppose you never go to see any one except me and pietra ipolitovitch you have no one else in all petersburg to go to my dear fellow but it doesn't matter where are you going now i'm not going back to you if you like we'll go for a walk it's a glorious evening if instead of abstract discussions you had talked to me like a human being and had for instance given me the merest hint about that confounded gambling i should perhaps not have let myself be drawn into it like a fool i said suddenly you regret it that's a good thing he answered bringing out his words reluctantly i always suspected that play was not a matter of great consequence with you but only a temporary aberration you are right my dear boy gambling is beastly and what's more one may lose and lose other people's money too have you lost other people's money i have lost yours i borrowed of prince sergey from what was owing you of course it was fearfully stupid and absurd of me to consider your money mine but i always meant to win it back i must warn you once more my dear boy that i have no money in prince sergey's hands i know that young man is in straits himself and i am not reckoning on him for anything in spite of his promises that makes my position twice as bad i am in a ludicrous position and what grounds has he for lending me money and me for borrowing in that case that's your affair but there is not the slightest reason for you to borrow money from him is there except that we are comrades no other reason is there anything which has made you feel it possible to borrow from him any consideration whatever what sort of consideration do you mean i don't understand so much the better if you don't and i will own my boy that i was sure of it brisons la mon cher and do try to avoid playing somehow if only you had told me before you seem half-hearted about it even now if i had spoken to you about it before we should only have quarrelled and you wouldn't have let me come and see you in the evenings so readily and let me tell you my dear that all such saving counsels and warnings are simply an intrusion into another person's conscience at another person's expense i have done enough meddling with the consciences of others and in the long run i get nothing but taunts and rebuffs for it taunts and rebuffs of course don't matter the point is that one never obtains one's object in that way no one listens to you however much you meddle and every one gets to dislike you i am glad that you have begun to talk to me of something besides abstractions i want to ask you one thing i have wanted to for a long time but it's always been impossible when i've been with you it is a good thing we are in the street do you remember that evening the last evening i spent in your house two months ago how we sat upstairs in my coffin and i questioned you about mother and makar 
ivanovitch do you remember how free and easy i was with you then how could you allow a young puppy to speak in those terms of his mother and yet you made not the faintest sign of protest on the contrary you let yourself go and so made me worse than ever my dear boy i am very glad to hear such sentiments from you yes i remember very well i was actually waiting to see the blush on your cheek and if i fell in with your tone it was just to bring you to the limit and you only deceived me then and troubled more than ever the springs of purity in my soul yes i'm a wretched raw youth and i don't know from minute to minute what is good and what is evil had you given me the tiniest hint of the right road i should have realized things and should have been eager to take the right path but you only drove me to fury cher enfant i always foresaw that one way or another we should understand one another that blush has made its appearance of itself without my aid and that i swear is better for you i notice my dear boy that you have gained a great deal of late can it be the companionship of that princeling don't praise me i don't like it don't leave me with a painful suspicion that you are flattering me without regard for truth so as to go on pleasing me well lately you see i have been visiting ladies i am very well received you know by anna andreyevna for instance i know that from her my dear boy yes she is very charming and intelligent mais brisons la mon cher it's odd how sick i feel of everything to-day spleen i suppose i put it down to hemorrhoids how are things at home all right you made it up of course and embraces followed cela va sans dire it's melancholy sometimes to go back to them even after the nastiest walk in fact i sometimes go a longer way round in the rain simply to delay the moment of returning to the bosom of my family and how bored i am there good god how bored mother your mother is a most perfect and delightful creature may in short i am probably unworthy of them by the way what's the matter with them to-day for the last few days they've all been out of sorts somehow i always try to ignore such things you know but there is something fresh brewing to-day have you noticed nothing i know nothing positive and in fact i should not have noticed it at all if it hadn't been for that confounded tatiana pavlovna who can never resist trying to get her knife in you are right there is something wrong i found liza at anna andreyevna's this morning and she was so she surprised me in fact you know of course that she visits anna andreyevna i know my dear and you when were you at anna andreyevna's to-day at what time i want to know for a reason from two till three and only fancy as i was going out prince sergey arrived then i described my whole visit very circumstantially he listened without speaking he made no comment whatever on the possibility of a match between prince sergey and anna andreyevna in response to my enthusiastic praise of anna andreyevna he murmured again that she was very charming i gave her a great surprise this morning with the latest bit of drawing-room gossip that madame amakov is to be married to baron buring i said all of a sudden as though something were torn out of me 
yes would you believe it she told me that news earlier in the day much earlier than you can have surprised her with it what do you mean i was simply struck dumb from whom could she have heard it though after all there is no need to ask of course she might have heard it before i did but only imagine she listened to me when i told her as though it were absolutely news to her but but what of it hurrah for breadth one must take a broad view of people's characters mustn't one i for instance should have poured it all out at once and she shuts it up in a snuff-box and so be it so be it she is none the less a most delightful person and a very fine character oh no doubt of it every one must go his own way and something more original these fine characters can sometimes baffle one completely just imagine anna andreevna took my breath away this morning by asking whether i were in love with katerina nikolaevna amakov or not what a wild and incredible question i cried dumbfounded again there was actually a mist before my eyes i had never yet broached this subject with him and here he had begun on it himself in what way did she put it no way my dear boy absolutely no way the snuff-box shut again at once more closely than ever and what's more observe i've never admitted the conceivability of such questions being addressed to me nor has she however you say yourself that you know her and therefore you can imagine how far such a question is characteristic do you know anything about it by chance i am just as puzzled as you are curiosity perhaps or a joke oh quite the contrary it was a most serious question hardly a question in fact more a cross-examination and evidently there were very important and positive reasons for it won't you be going to see her couldn't you find out something i would ask you as a favour do you see but the strangest thing is that she could imagine you to be in love with katerina nikolaevna forgive me i can't get over my amazement i should never never have ventured to speak to you on this subject or anything like it and that's very sensible of you my dear boy your intrigues and your relations in the past well of course the subject's out of the question between us and indeed it would be stupid of me but of late the last few days i have several times exclaimed to myself that if you had ever loved that woman if only for a moment oh you could never have made such a terrible mistake in your opinion of her as you did i know what happened i know of your enmity of your aversion so to say for each other i've heard of it i've heard too much of it even before i left moscow i heard of it but the fact that stands out so clearly is intense aversion intense hostility the very opposite of love and anna andreevna suddenly asks point-blank do you love her can she have heard so little about it it's wild she was laughing i assure you she was laughing but i observe my dear boy said versilov and there was something nervous and sincere in his voice that went to one's heart as his words rarely did that you speak with too much heat on this subject you said just now that you have taken to visiting ladies of course for me to question you on that subject as you expressed it but is not that woman perhaps on the list of your new acquaintances that woman my voice suddenly quivered listen andrei petrovitch listen that woman is what you were talking of with prince sergey this morning living life do you remember you said that living life is something so direct and simple something that looks you so straight in the face that its very directness and clearness 
make us unable to believe that it can be the very thing we're seeking so laboriously all our lives with ideas like that you met the ideal woman and in perfection in the ideal you recognized all the vices that's what you did the reader can guess what a state of frenzy i was in all the vices oh ho i know that phrase cried versaloff and if things have gone so far that you are told of such a phrase oughtn't i to congratulate you it suggests such a degree of intimacy that perhaps you deserve credit for a modesty and reserve of which few young men are capable there was a note of sweet friendly and affectionate laughter in his voice there was something challenging and charming in his words and in his bright face as far as i could see it in the night he was strangely excited i beamed all over in spite of myself modesty reserve oh no no i exclaimed blushing and at the same time squeezing his hand which i had somehow seized and was unconsciously holding no there's no reason in fact there's nothing to congratulate me on and nothing of the sort can ever ever happen i was breathless and let myself go i so longed to let myself go it was so very agreeable to me you know well after all i will just this once you are my darling splendid father you will allow me to call you father it's utterly out of the question for a son to speak to his father for any one in fact to speak to a third person of his relations with a woman even if they are of the purest in fact the purer they are the greater the obligation of silence it would be distasteful it would be coarse in short a confidant is out of the question but if there is nothing absolutely nothing then surely one may speak mayn't one as your heart tells you an indiscreet a very indiscreet question i suppose in the course of your life you've known women you've had intimacies i only ask generally generally i don't mean anything particular i blushed and was almost choking with delight we will assume there have been transgressions well then i want to ask you this and you tell me what you think of it as a man of more experience a woman suddenly says as she is taking leave of you casually looking away to-morrow at three o'clock i shall be at a certain place at tatiana pavlovna's for example i burst out taking the final plunge my heart throbbed and stood still i even ceased speaking i could not go on he listened eagerly and so next day at three o'clock i went to tatiana pavlovna's and this is what i thought when the cook opens the door you know her cook i shall ask first thing whether tatiana pavlovna is at home and if the cook says tatiana pavlovna is not at home but there's a visitor waiting for her what ought i to conclude tell me if it were you in short if you simply that an appointment had been made you then i suppose that did happen and it happened to-day yes oh no 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 nothing nothing of the sort it did happen but it wasn't that it was an appointment but not of that sort and i hasten to say so or i should be a blackguard it did happen but my dear fellow all this begins to be so interesting that i suggest i used to give away ten roubles and twenty-five roubles at a time to those who begged of me for a drink just a few coppers it's a lieutenant implores your aid a, a former lieutenant begging of you our road was suddenly barred by the figure of a tall beggar possibly in fact a retired lieutenant 
what was more singular was that he was very well dressed for his profession and yet he was begging three i purposely do not omit this paltry incident of the wretched lieutenant for my picture of versalov is not complete without the petty details of his surroundings at that minute which was so momentous for him momentous it was and i did not know it if you don't leave off sir i shall call the police at once versalov said suddenly raising his voice unnaturally and standing still before the lieutenant i could never imagine such anger from a man so philosophic and for such a trivial cause and note our conversation was interrupted at the point of most interest to him as he had just said himself what you haven't a five kopeck piece the lieutenant cried rudely waving his hand in the air and indeed what canaille have five kopecks nowadays the low rabble the scoundrels he goes dressed in beaver and makes all this to do about a copper constable cried versalov but there was no need to shout a policeman was standing close by at the corner and he had heard the lieutenant abuse himself i ask you to bear witness to this insult i ask you to come to the police station said versalov oh ho i don't care there's nothing at all you can prove you won't show yourself so wonderfully clever keep hold of him constable and take us to the police station versalov decided emphatically surely we are not going to the police station bother the fellow i whispered to him certainly we are dear boy the disorderly behaviour in our streets begins to bore one beyond endurance and if every one did his duty it would make it better for us all c'est comique mais c'est ce que nous ferons for a hundred paces the lieutenant kept up a bold and swaggering demeanour and talked with heat he declared that it was not the thing to do that it was all a matter of five kopecks and so on and so on but at last he began whispering something to the policeman the policeman a sagacious man with apparently a distaste for exhibitions of nerves in the street seemed to be on his side though only to a certain degree he muttered in an undertone in reply that it was too late for that now that it had gone too far and that if you were to apologize for instance and the gentleman would consent to accept your apology then perhaps come listen honoured sir where are we going i ask you what are we hurrying to and what's the joke of it the lieutenant cried aloud if a man who is down on his luck is willing to make an apology in fact if you want to put him down damn it all we are not in a drawing-room we are in the street for the street that's apology enough versalov stopped and suddenly burst out laughing i actually imagined that he had got the whole thing up for amusement but it was not so i entirely accept your apology monsieur l'officier and i assure you that you are a man of ability behave like that in the drawing-room it will soon pass muster perfectly there too and meanwhile here are twenty kopecks for you eat and drink your fill with it pardon me constable for troubling you i would have thanked you more substantially for your pains but you are so highly respectable nowadays my dear boy he added turning to me there's an eating-house close here it's really a horrible sewer but one could get tea there and i invite you to a cup this way quite close come along i repeat i had never seen him so excited though his face was full of brightness and gaiety yet i noticed that when he was taking the coin out of his purse to give it to the officer his hands trembled and his fingers refused to obey him so that at last he asked me to take out the money and give it to the man for him i cannot forget it 
he took me to a little restaurant on the canal side in the basement the customers were few a loud barrel organ was playing out of tune there was a smell of dirty dinner napkins we sat down in a corner perhaps you don't know i am sometimes so bored so horribly bored in my soul that i like coming to all sorts of stinking holes like this these surroundings the halting tune from lucia the waiters in their unseemly russian get-up the fumes of cheap tobacco the shouts from the billiard-room it's all so vulgar and prosaic that it almost borders on the fantastic well my dear boy that son of mars interrupted us i believe at the most interesting moment here's the tea i like the tea here imagine piotr ippolitovitch suddenly began to-day assuring the other lodger the one marked with smallpox that during the last century a special committee of lawyers was appointed in the english parliament to examine the trial of christ before the high priest and pilate with the sole object of finding how the case would have gone nowadays by modern law and that the inquiry was conducted with all solemnity with counsel for the prosecution and all the rest of it and that the jury were obliged to uphold the original verdict a wonderful story that fool of a lodger began to argue about it lost his temper quarrelled and declared he should leave next day the landlady dissolved in tears at the thought of losing his rent mais passons in these restaurants they sometimes have nightingales do you know the old moscow anecdote a la piotr ippolitovitch a nightingale was singing in a moscow restaurant a merchant came in i must have my fancy whatever it costs said he what's the price of the nightingale a hundred roubles roast it and serve it so they roasted it and served it up cut me off to penworth i once told it to piotr ippolitovitch but he did not believe it and was quite indignant he said a great deal more i quote these fragments as a sample of his talk he repeatedly interrupted me every time i opened my mouth to begin my story he began each time talking of some peculiar and utterly irrelevant nonsense he talked gaily excitedly laughed goodness knows what at and even chuckled in an undignified way as i had never seen him do before he swallowed a glass of tea at one gulp and poured out another now i can understand it he was like a man who had received a precious interesting and long expected letter and who lays it down before him and purposely refrains from opening it turning it over and over in his hands examining the envelope and the seal going to see to things in another room in short deferring the interesting moment of perusal knowing that it cannot escape him and all this he does to make his enjoyment more complete i told him all there was to tell of course everything from the very beginning and it took me perhaps an hour telling it and indeed how could i have helped telling him i had been dying to talk of it that afternoon i began with our very first meeting at the old prince's on the day she arrived from moscow then i described how it had all come about by degrees i left nothing out and indeed i could not have left anything out he led me on he guessed what was coming and prompted me at moments it seemed to me that something fantastic was happening that he must have been sitting or standing behind the door for those two months he knew beforehand every gesture i made every feeling i had felt i derived infinite enjoyment from this confession to him for i found in him such intimate softness such deep psychological subtlety such a marvellous faculty for guessing what i meant from half a word he listened as tenderly as a woman and above all he knew how to save me from feeling ashamed at times he stopped me at some detail often when he stopped me 
he repeated nervously don't forget details the great thing is not to forget any details the more minute a point is the more important it may sometimes be and he interrupted me several times with words to that effect oh of course i began at first in a tone of superiority superiority to her but i quickly dropped into sincerity i told him honestly that i was ready to kiss the spot on the floor where her foot had rested the most beautiful and glorious thing was that he absolutely understood that she might be suffering from terror over the letter and yet remain the pure and irreproachable being she had revealed herself to be he absolutely realized what was meant by the word student but when i was near the end of my story i noticed that behind his good-natured smile there were signs in his face from time to time of some impatience some abruptness and preoccupation when i came to the letter i thought to myself shall i tell him the exact truth or not and i did not tell it in spite of my enthusiasm i note this here that i may remember it all my life i explained to him as i had done to her that it had been destroyed by craft his eyes began to glow a strange line a line of deep gloom was visible on his forehead you are sure you remember my dear boy that the letter was burned by craft in the candle you are not mistaken i am not mistaken i repeated the point is that that scrap of paper is of such importance to her and if you had only had it in your hands to-day you might but what i might he did not say but you haven't it in your hands now i shuddered all over inwardly but not outwardly outwardly i did not betray myself i did not turn a hair but i was still unwilling to believe in the question haven't it in my hands in my hands now how could i since craft burned it that day yes a glowing intent look was fastened upon me a look i shall never forget he smiled however but all his good nature all the feminine softness that had been in his expression suddenly vanished it was replaced by something vague and troubled he became more and more preoccupied if he had controlled himself at that moment as he had till then he would not have asked me that question about the letter he had asked it no doubt because he was carried away himself i say this however only now at the time i did not so quickly perceive the change that had come over him i still went on plunging and there was still the same music in my heart but my story was over i looked at him it's strange he said suddenly when i had told him everything to the minutest detail it's a very strange thing my dear boy you say that you were there from three o'clock till four and that tatiana pavlovna was not at home from three o'clock till half-past four exactly well only fancy i went to see tatiana pavlovna exactly at half-past four to the minute and she met me in the kitchen i nearly always go to see her by the back entrance what she met you in the kitchen i cried staggering back in amazement as she told me she could not ask me in i only stayed two minutes i only looked in to ask her to come to dinner perhaps she had only just come home from somewhere i don't know of course not though she was wearing a loose dressing-gown that was at half-past four exactly but tatiana pavlovna didn't tell you i was there no she did not tell me you were there otherwise i should have known it and should not have asked you about it listen that's awfully important yes from a certain point of view and you've turned quite white my dear but after all what is there important in it they've been laughing at me as though i were a baby it's simply that she was afraid of your impulsiveness as she expressed it herself and so she felt safer with tatiana pavlovna there 
but good god what a trick think she let me say all that before a third person before tatiana pavlovna so she heard everything i said it it's horrible to conceive of say salon mon cher besides you spoke just now of breadth of view in regard to women and exclaimed hurrah for breadth if i were othello and you iago you could not have done better i am laughing though there can be no sort of othello because there have been no relations of the kind and why laugh indeed it doesn't matter i believe she's infinitely above me all the same and i have not lost my ideal if it was a joke on her part i forgive her a joke with a wretched raw youth doesn't matter besides i did not pose as anything and the student the student was there in her soul and remained there in spite of everything it was in her heart it exists there and would always exist there enough listen what do you think shall i go to her at once to find out the whole truth or not i said i am laughing but there were tears in my eyes well my dear boy go if you want to i feel as though i were defiled in soul from having told you all this don't be angry dear but i repeat one can't tell things about a woman to a third person no confidant will understand even an angel wouldn't understand if you respect a woman don't confide in any one if you respect yourself don't confide in any one now i don't respect myself good-bye for the present i can't forgive myself nonsense my dear boy you exaggerate you say yourself that there was nothing in it we came out on the canal bank and said good-bye will you never give me a real warm kiss as a child kisses its father he said with a strange quiver in his voice i kissed him fervently dear boy may you be always as pure in heart as you are now i had never kissed him before in my life i never could have conceived that he would like me to End of part two chapter five